want to say one thing, and I'm hoping I want to I want to find out if this is true. Callie, I want you just for the sake of the game to be in charge of Trishana, so that we could. I'm pretty sure you've gone almost this whole season playing more than one character, and I just want it to <laughs> feel like <laughs> like there's a way we out strong. Finish you strong. I feel like what is the streak now? What? Is, <laughs> when was the last time Callie just played one character in a World Walkers Man. game? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, even even in the sewers, we're like, all right, Callie, you're in charge defi- of there. It's definitely less episodes that I'm playing one character than it is anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just at least this season. <laughs> That's actually why every time I've missed a game, it's just because it's I knew Callie needed to play another character. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, and I want to take a second to thank all of our patrons for making this and every episode possible, because let's face it, that statement has never been more true than inside the context of this hellhole of a year that's almost over that we call 2020. Because of all of you, I was able to continue doing World Walkers while giving my full attention to my daughter, who is in virtual learning while my spouse was forced to work from home for most of the year. I just won't ever be able to thank you enough for this. If you're interested in joining our community, head over to patreon.com worldwalkers. I'm working to make 2021, which is our fifth year of worldwalkers, our biggest yet. And if you wanna get in on it, this is the perfect time. You'll get full access to our Discord server. You can listen to exclusive episodes that dig deep into the lore of worldwalkers and more. So if you're interested, head on over and take a look at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. All of you out there who have been with us, whether it's been for a day or since the beginning, you're all amazing. And I just can't imagine doing this without all of you. I can't wait to show you what's coming this year. Uh, I would also, I've been, uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of stealing this from other podcasts I'm listening to. I kind of really want to do a mailbag episode. So... If you have questions, oh. send them in. Uh, either send them to at WorldWalkersPod on Twitter, or if you want to, uh, PlausibleFarce at gmail.com. Um, send them in and or post them on Patreon. What, any way you can get them to me, I would love to get a bunch of envelopes uh, via the internet. <laughs> and open up the mailbag and find out what people are thinking. Mail time. So yeah, it's cool just a bunch of hate mail from switching away from mail Pathfinder. Time. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Ooh, Go back to you need like a mailbag song. Uh, like, yeah, like Blues yeah. Clues? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Blues Clues, but like, time. but there's like a there's like a welcome to the bag of holding section kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does the bag? What does the bag? What does the bag of holding hold? Oh, it's just a note from Wesley that says backslash is the new front slash. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's jump into the next episode of World Walkers. Right about now. Last we left off, there was talk from Alice that all of you would need to undergo more training in order to be prepared for what's ahead. After that training, you're expected to come back and meet with the rest of the Dreamwalkers and formulate a plan on how to finally put this entire situation to bed. Now, 
the end of your training has put you in a particularly precarious situation. To wrap up your training, Alice has asked you to enter the dreams of a dead man. There is an individual who, by all rights, should be dead. The nightmares have crawled inside his mind, and for some reason, he can't be laid to rest. I got this. <laughs> is he? Does he happen to be tied into a spider web? Uh, he, <laughs> moaning, kill me. How high up is he? Yes. <laughs> I'm a straight shot. That is. I can we just pause for a second before we get too much further? Sure. I feel like. I'm, so this is a note for you in the future. What I want right here now. Um, you increase the music, <laughs> and then the montage starts, and it's like Harold punching the a bag. The audio montage? Yeah, the audio montage. Us flipping through books. You know, there's a big wall uh, with all the plans, and then, um, you know, Vernon just comes down and strikes it off because he's mad, because none of it's going to work, and papers fly everywhere. <laughs> And then, you know, there's like a cool montage song. There's, you know, Greg doing whatever Greg is doing. Running. There's just Shauna, yeah. There's just Shauna like turning on and off her her, her elemental. Like a light switch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, light, yeah, yeah. It's the slowest light switch ever. It a, actually, a actually it, it would on. be, it would be like the dynamic shot of everyone training. Um, and I, this is not a dig at Shannon. This is, just, I think it'd be like, and then Trishana like folding, like everybody would be like writing notes and then she would be folding origami. It would keep handing over to Trishana, who's not Absolutely. like actually or doing the act. She's sitting there while Hikari is doing all this stuff and Trishana's just like picking some flowers yeah. and like <laughs> making shadow puppets. campfire dim, she throws flaming sphere. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, it would be like, yeah, you know, it's like, uh, what's the the karate with all the sticks where everyone's, da, 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 da. you know, and there's Harold like swinging, shooting a gun around it, and it's burning, and Greg like boxing it, and then Trisana like napping on it like it's a cat tree of some sort. <laughs> yes. And then the music plays, and then we fade out. Now we're entering the dreams of a dead man. I think this is where, you where we out. left off. I don't remember now. Yeah, yeah. This is one for the cutting room floor. This is where you find out that Greg is dead and this is his head. (gasps) Alice has sent you in there in order to essentially end this. This is no existence that anybody should have to suffer. Your job is to go in there, find out what's going on, and end it. And she has to emphasize that she doesn't know. This is the end of your training, but it's also uncovered territory. The the dreamwalkers don't handle this kind of situation. She really doesn't know what's going to happen. And so... It's the first she, case for the dream detectives. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new season name. <laughs> dream detectives. There's a small mirror that Alice produces. It's a um, simple wooden frame. Um, it's kept immaculate. And that is how you got in there. And when you come out the other side into this dark, foreboding, almost uh, impossible to comprehend at first existence, that mirror is still with you. That's the only way out, as far as she knows. 
And so the individuals that are walking into the that are walking into the situation are Harold, Vernon, and Sir Robert. Greg recently left. You weren't really given much notice about that situation. Alice just let you know that Greg had business. And then, Harold uh, was emotionally traumatized by that after all. <laughs> Harold and Greg after everything they went together. through. Yes. Wow. They oh, slept in trash together. I mean, <laughs> you can't get past that. So can you just, so we're inside. So <clears throat> the ground itself is soft and malleable. Everything that spreads out from your feet feels as if at any point it could shift from this uh, unstable, almost blister to just an ocean. It is that sort of impossible darkness where you don't, you can see each other, but existence just kind of spreads out and it's almost unknowable. Sir Robert's adjusting his armor, getting ready, but is comfortable to let you two take the lead. So we see, so it is just like, is it, can we see far? Is it like uh, wide open? Um, I think there is like, this is probably a bad example, but in one of the Dark Souls game, it's like, there's this just like field of water that you're standing on top of. You enter into a dream at one point to do a boss fight and you can just see endlessly. It's essentially this, yeah, this, this endless. Okay. Existence. But it's not necessarily dark like we need a torch. It's just... Correct. Correct. There's just nothing really to see. Yes. I guess we should see if anyone's home. Uh, Harold calls out. Hello? Give me a perception check. (laughs) I'm going to perceive the heck out of this check. Uh, 15. You watch as your voice almost sends ripples across the the bulbous ground. But then up ahead, you can almost make out the the outline of maybe a tunnel. I point it to the others and say, onward. Fine. Head that way. Yep. Sir Robert adjusts his shield, weapons drawn, and... Each of you makes your way through the, uh, what some would call difficult terrain as you march forward. After an impossible amount of time to measure, you find yourself before just kind of, and I need everyone to be their age, an almost an orifice-shaped hole. <laughs> Nathan looks so brave. <laughs> <laughs> brave little soldier. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you just don't. Know, I've been watching the dirtiest things lately. <laughs> you just hit me in a soft spot. Lately, <laughs> lately, lately. I mean, it's it's not like I'm. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you won't believe me anyway. <laughs> it's all Netflix do- stuff. It's not like super filthy. It's just okay. Super dirty content. It's the orifice like walkable through, or is it like you can get up in? Yeah. Uh, I guess. It's time to be reborn. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess if it is big enough to like start to wander through, uh, Harold would say, I'll take point and like look and to see if anything's coming. Mm-hmm. We talking a doorway or a train tunnel? Like how large? More of a train tunnel. Okay. Yeah. Is it dark inside 
the opening. It is. I will pull out a torch. Oh, I bet you pull out. <laughs> Sorry, you guys said train, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> Welcome to the game, everybody. <laughs> I just thought of, like, every old yo- mama joke. <laughs> all right, and so Vernon takes point and leads you all through. Now, Vernon, what is uh, your system for navigation? Because it doesn't take long before these squishy, unwelcoming tunnels start stretching and twisting and offering you more avenues for exploration. I will defer to the group. I have no knowledge of how to explore essentially a cave system. Well, as a ranger. That's my guy. What's your favorite terrain? Squishy... Squishy tunnels? Yes. Is that your... Uh, dream tunnels, actually. <laughs> dream tunnels? I was very surprised that Dying Man's Dreams was a favorite terrain. <laughs> I never thought this was going to come up, but here we are. I, never, I was so surprised, right? Um, no, I don't, I don't know if I have necessarily anything, but, like, just being able to kind of... I, know, I feel like I'm trying to use a skill, but I don't think I need to necessarily worry about that. Yeah, I would try to maybe, like... I know there are ways to, like, identify which way we're going and maybe to start just trying to track that as we go through. Yeah, I would, I would say, like, a survival kind of thing. Or um, Go ahead and give me a roll. 14. Unfortunately, I mean, you kind of nailed it right away. There's not much for you to go off of. You're not able to look at the foliage. Yeah, but yeah. you at least come to as close to an educated guess as you can. And as you st- uh, choose a tunnel and start to make your way through, you almost feel emboldened by the fact that you still tried to apply your knowledge and you, on some level, believed that it would work. And so this is kind of what your recent teachings with, uh, your, your recent lessons with Alice have been about is, uh, it, it sounds hokey almost to say just believe and you can do it but it's as a lucid dreamer you have the ability and therefore you have a need to inflict your reality on these malleable existences and it's a it's what she's been teaching you is that this is the advantage that you have over nightmares as far as you know them they are chaos they run havoc in essentially systems that cannot stop them if you're not a lucid dreamer there's nothing you can do to stop the nightmares from doing whatever they're going to do but because of you because of the lucid dreamers because of the dreamwalkers you're able to continuously apply your version of reality even if you don't have the ability to completely walk in and reshape existence, you can still apply, you can still shape, sometimes subtly, to continuously move forward the way that you understand it. So when you did that check, you were enforcing a bit of your reality, your way, to move forward there was nothing on the ground that was gonna help you you know you weren't gonna be able to like 
pick up the dirt and adjust for north and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no. because imagine, of your training, you could do it. Yeah, I imagine it's like um, like when Harold went down maybe to the ground to track in his like mind, he went back to when he kind of had first escaped the Orgus settlements and he was in the... The bugbear? The, the bugbear, sorry. The, and... And he was out there in the in the wilds, and he had no idea where he was going. And it was almost this like instinct, like you get a slight smell, you hear a slight sound that was like the direction, and you just kind of had to believe that you were going that that like that's where civilization or that's where like that's then that's exactly what happened. You kind of enforced those moments. So th- there are times when a skill check might not make sense. But, um, so yeah, you are able to traverse and you kind of have a bearing. You think that you know where you're going and that takes you again, an indescribable amount of time because what is time when you're here? But as that certain passage of time, um, relents, you're able to come into a small clearing And in this clearing, you see that eventually these, again, these bulbous, blistery masses uh, stretch forth, but they eventually give way to a nice polished wood. As you move forward and as you see this, you you find yourself not in like a, a sickly cavern, but you find yourself before a beautiful scene. Maybe it's a cabin. Maybe it is a uh, well-furnished home. It's kind of hard to tell. But there's a beautiful table, full dinner, and family. They're all circled around the table. And your focus seems to be drawn to an old man. He's got a nice vest. He's tall. Um... He's lost most of his hair. Time has taken from him what it would. But even though he's surrounded by family, even though he's surrounded by wonderful uh, food, it's obviously a celebration of some sort. But he seems distant. He has a look about him that it's not like anything happened. It's that this is just kind of his demeanor. Maybe he's broken. Maybe maybe he's having a bad day, but it feels deeper than that. And everyone around him is having a great time and talking, but he doesn't seem to want any part of it. And that's when you hear a, a knock at the door. And everyone looks around at each other, and they seem confused. And he he stands up and he he's the only one that's going to get it. You know, no one else is going to do their part. No one's going to stop what they're doing to find out what's going on. So he, he goes and gets it. He wanders over to the door, swings it open. There's a huge blast of cold air that comes in and snow's flying everywhere. And there's someone at the front of the door and they're wrapped up in a traveler's cloak and a scarf and just 
huge, thick, like, gloves. And he stares, and he looks, and the person doesn't make any movements to come into the door. And you can see he's talking, he's trying to figure out what's going on. He doesn't, doesn't understand what's in front of him. And then the person takes one more step forward, and they pull back their hood, and this long chestnut brown hair falls out. And it's a woman. She's maybe in her 20s, and she's got glasses on, big, round, stupid glasses. She looks vulnerable. She looks very scared. And she's shivering in the cold. She's got a couple tears that are welling up. And there's just silence. And it's almost like the moment stops. It hasn't. You can see the snow coming in and the wind. And slowly but surely, everyone around the table grows quiet. doesn't know how to do what he feels. Finally, kind of lets his guard down. And the moment he starts to open his arms, she rushes in, she grabs him, and she holds him. And it seems like they're never going to let go. They just, that moment holds for an eternity and then just as suddenly he kind of yells at her to get inside like what are you doing you're letting all the the warm air in and 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 he kind of gets his senses back and the the rest of the people at the table are flabbergasted and they rush her and this feeling wells up inside of each of you that They haven't seen her in years. And it doesn't, time doesn't progress the way that you would understand because suddenly she's at the table and everyone's talking and it's just an explosion of of goodwill and happiness and Finally, and she's sitting like he's at the head of the table and she's sitting kind of next to him on the corner. And there's just one moment when the food's getting passed around and everyone's having a good time. And it's kind of the excitement's kind of calmed down for a minute. And she's got her hands on the table and she's eating and she's she's laughing. And then she looks and ever so slightly, he has put his hand on her hand kind of just squeezed just a touch and she looks at him and it's the first time that he has shown emotion other than curmudgeon and he's doing everything he can not to cry and they share that moment and then it kind of stops for a second that's when you hear the swelling as parts of the room kind of grow and pulse and they seem to be emboldened by what just happened as the colors start to wash.
and the whole room kind of pulsates and you watch his veins explode out of the floor and the walls. And they seem to be just invigorated by this. And in that moment, almost turns to the deepest grays. And in the veins recede. And you find yourself in front of a beautiful table. The food spread is beautiful. There's an old man. And the scene starts to repeat. Uh, Harold looks over to um, Vernon and Sir... Oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Robert. Sir Robert. And he goes, they're feeding off his emotion. Indeed. But he should be dead. We have to let him go. He has to choose this. And Harold goes and walks over to the man. And he says, hello. The old man turns and looks and he says, no. He turns back and just watches his family. (laughs) No what? No goblins. What do you mean? You a goblin? Aren't we all in some way goblins? Oh, with this shit again. And he just he just he just digs into his food. Okay, someone other than me is Carol <laughs> walks back to the group and he's like, All right. He's a little racist. He's just a little racist. Now sometimes when we say little racist, we mean he's racist to races that are little. He's he's and from some- a different era. It's it's <laughs> We have like he Archie Bunker that from way. Happy Days, <laughs> or what was it, you know? Oh, uh, he was just like he won't speak to me, but I think I I don't know. I have a feeling that he knows what's going on. How much you think he knows what's going on? Like, I I don't have a reason. He didn't do anything that makes me think that. But I feel this scene has repeated. It well, it has, but he. And knock at the door. And he gets up because no one else is going to stop what they're doing. No one else is going to interrupt their holiday glee when he could just be the one that gets the door. And so he starts walking over there. I think I know that we have to get him to let this moment go, but how do we convince someone to let go what is seemingly uh, maybe the most pleasant memory? Of their late life. You have to remind him that it's a memory. So you're, you believe that he knows he's dead and he's just holding on? Maybe not consciously, but I think part of him knows. I'll try to stop him before he gets to the door. Yeah, so you make your way and you, 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 you take steps until you hit the hardwood floor. And then you put, uh, yeah, how do you interrupt him? Good, sir. He turns around. What? Don't answer that door. Well, no one else is going to answer it. I'm the only one with these brittle bones that will probably frostbite when I do it, so why wouldn't it be me? He starts reaching for the handle. I'll uh, reach out and put my hand on the door. 
What? Do you understand where you are? Yeah. Do you understand that you're reliving this? The hell are you talking about? Look around you for a moment. You see your family at the table. Yeah, eating all my good food. Your da- your daughter behind the door. My Where daughter. I-, I don't talk to my daughter anymore. She left me 20 years ago. Where did I come from? I don't know. The other door. We have two doors. We live that fancy. Good question. What are you doing here? I'm here to stop you from being trapped in this moment. You're going to open the door and greet your daughter and enjoy your dinner. And then it'll all start again. You've done this before and you're stuck here now. You don't know that. I just watched it. How did I know your daughter was behind the door? Stalker. <laughs> Vernon doesn't laugh. He reaches for the door now. He's no time for this. Um, I'm just. I'm gonna hold it close. I'm sure that his brittle bones are no match for my manly might. Get out of my way. Give me a perception check. Uh, ooh, twenty-two. Because I rolled a 20. There's no noise behind you. Turn around and look. They're kind of there and kind of not. They're fuzzy. They they aren't memorable. Like, So this is something else that Alice has taught you is that the focus of a dream is kind of all that matters. That, you know, as lucid, you you bring life and shape to the dreams. But especially those that are not lucid... There's nothing really, whatever's behind him kind of doesn't exist. Like if he turns around, he'll see the things he expects, mm-hmm. but there's nothing really there. The only thing that's real is what's like, really here. Exactly. Like he's looking at this door and anything in his, not his eyesight, cause he's not looking, but anything in his, what he expects to be there is there. So behind it, you can almost see, like, the shadows of what he had there. But they're not actually there. So that's why there's no sound. Hmm. Well, if it is my daughter, then let me go ahead and open the door and let her tell me off real quick. She won't tell you off. You can open the door. She won't tell you off. You two will stand there for a moment, and then you'll have a long-deserved hug. And I'll step back. He just kind of looks down. Why are you here? To be direct, sir, we are here because you are trapped in this memory. We've been sent to release you from it. Why, 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 why would you want to do that? I kind of look over at the group. There is something, sir, that has taken hold of your mind. And this memory, this dream of yours has or is serving to be uh, something for it, some sort of sustenance for it. 
uh, I, I don't know how to explain it in a way that'll make sense. And unfortunately, I don't know that you would ever believe me. But we do believe that you uh, have a very powerful mind, or had a very powerful mind. What do you mean, had? We believe that you may have found the end of your days. But you are now trapped here because of the thing that invaded your mind. What? What do... This is the best moment of my life. Why? Why? Why would I give that up? I don't believe you, but even if I did, the only way I think I can explain it to you is to tell you that although repeating this moment and the good feelings that come with it may seem like a form of heaven, because you are trapped in it unendingly, uh, it's actually a very nefarious sort of hell do you know what happens if I open that door I do I don't think you do Ellie comes back we have a good meal she moves in cause things are rough We get five good years before I suddenly start getting sick, and I don't, I don't remember why I get sick. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm in my bed, and Ellie, Ellie takes care of me. Ellie bakes me bread. And I can only hear her. But then I can only hear her. And he stares at you. You want me to say goodbye. And he stares at you a second longer and he says, Are you death? No. Tell me what the difference is. We're not here to take you. We believe you've already been taken. We're here to help you move on. Will I still get my ear? I can't answer that. I don't know what lies beyond this. To say goodbye. Well, I still get my ear. And uh, <clears throat> Sir Robert looks over at you, Harold. He puts, uh, he leans down a little bit, and he says, "He's from Inavasa." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, yeah. This Harold would be like, "I don't know. Is, is that important?" Sorry. And Inavasa, the dead don't pass, not for a little bit of time. He's asking Vernon if he'll still be in the world be able to say his goodbyes uh Harold would walk up and he would say I don't 
know if you'll get your year. You leave this place. But you won't get it here. You'll just get this moment. Again. What happens if I don't say goodbye? What if I what if I choose to stay here? What business what business is it of yours? If this is how I choose to be. Why are you here again? You just you just want to make sure I die? We want to make sure that you can move on peacefully. Whether or not you believe it now you're trapped. What if I open the door one more time? I look at Harold. Do we give him one more? It's his choice. Vernon steps away from the door. He opens the door. It's blistering cold. And he can't bring himself to do it any different. Maybe you're expecting him to rush outside. But he stands there motionless. Then he slightly opens his arms. And Ellie rushes into his arms. And the family is ecstatic. And then before you know it, we are watching the two of them hold each other's hands. But when he does, he looks at all of you. And he holds her hand. He kind of grips it one more time. And there's no one at the table. It's just him. pushes himself away from the table and he stands up and he walks over and he says so now what? um uh, according to my friend things work differently where you're from I, I don't know where you go now I think I think I'd like to be alone right now. Uh I give Sir Robert and Harold sort of a worried look. Uh Yeah, I th- I think I think we give him space. Okay. I just didn't want it to turn into a nightmare for him. Sir Robert hears that and he says, "Indeed." I'll sit with him. Besides, we don't know what's going to happen once he says his goodbyes here. You two should get back. How will we find you again? There's a little slight smirk as he says, I've been lost before. I shall find you again. Harold takes his hand and gives it a strong shake. And he says, thank you. Thank you for everything. And I hope you come home soon. Indeed. I, you know, I clap on the shoulder. The two of them sit down at the table. 
and they're quiet. And then Sir Robert gives you a nod. Look to Harold. Uh, you know, um, Harold reaches briefly into his pocket and finds a small coin, and he hands it to Sir Robert. He says, for your travels. <laughs> well, and places it somewhere safe. Yeah. And then, uh, we will walk off. Uh, in my mind, it's walking until they kind of fade out of our view, and then use the mirror to kind of return. All right, you're both using the mirror? Yeah. All right. So each one of you takes a look in the mirror, and then a bit of light kind of catches you. It's not immediately bright, but it's obviously very much a contrast to what you just experienced as each one of you finds yourself back in the familiar in-room of the tavern at the end of dreams. Vernon sits down on a bed. Who all is in the room with us? Harold. Just Harold? Sort of. You humans live too long. Us goblins, the good ones, the lucky ones, get about 30 of your years. This is common. This is death. I gave Sir Robert a coin in hopes to use a spell to track him in case we can find him again. But I think he'll be fine. And I think the old man will be fine. And I hope where he goes, he gets to wander for the year. And I hope, according to his traditions, he gets to do what he wants. But he probably did the hardest thing. Letting go your happiest moment. It's hard. And I hope it went well. And then there's a lighter knock at the door. Uh, open it. And it's Alice. She's got a very somber look. She's worried. She says, You all okay? Did it... Were you able to handle it? I think so. Yeah. Where's... Where's Sir Robert? He stayed behind. What do you mean he stayed behind? He's there to help in the passing. She just kind of nods. Oh, all right. Um. Yeah. That I mean that. That makes sense. Can I have my mirror back? And she did not previously call it her mirror. Okay. Of course. Thank you for lending it to us. And she carefully places it inside a pouch. Well, we should head on down to the next room. Doesn't have anything like that in it, does it? No, I think you'll be much happier. Slowly walk out, go to the next room. Walk down to the next room. She opens the door for you. Greg, you have been inside this room resting for 
call it all of like 10 minutes. Can you describe what they see when they walk in? And uh, yeah, floor is yours. <laughs> um, you, you've, if, if it hasn't been long, then you see Greg, who probably looks <laughs> a little beat up, maybe <laughs> a little smushed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so normal. It sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just rebroken nose. And a yeah. boxer's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that maybe Greg's broken his nose so many times that now it's finally straight right. again. <laughs> so yeah, he, he looks he looks a little a little beat up, um, but and, and definitely tired. But at the same time, like he definitely looks happier and is probably currently holding. A small boy in his arms, just a little, little boy, pale skin. Can you skin. describe? Yeah, describe the boy first, please. Yep, yeah, little boy, pale skin, um, white blonde hair, little pointy ears, and Aww. blue eyes. Probably looks like he's like three-ish, four maybe, and he's just holding the little boy close to him, and he's asleep. Yep, just cuddled up with him, probably on the bed. I was really worried the DM was going to kill him. The DM Stay doesn't tuned. kill. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, Harold does that thing when you're excited to see someone and then you realize they have a sleeping child. Or you're like, yeah, Greg. Greg! Yeah, say Greg definitely he like makes a move like, Hi, guys. Your son. It's Lucy. What did your son? It's I so much. I Alice interrupts and says, please place your child. We all have to head downstairs. It's time. I got to put him down. Yes. I just, I just got him back. He'll be safe here. That's what I thought about Mercurius. He just like looks down at his son have to yes you do it's time sorry but daddy's gonna be back I promise it's not gonna be like last time give him a little kiss on the forehead and lay him down as comfy as he can in the bed kind of tuck him in in the blankets probably like before he leaves definitely like takes a long look at him okay I'll be back. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of World Walkers. Thanks to the musicians who made their work available. And thanks to Sirenscape for allowing use of their work as well. You can find links to their work in the show notes.